Hello, I'm Dr. Rongan Chatterjee. Welcome back to the Built to Thrive podcast. And all this week, we've been talking about nourishment. Now, when a patient comes to see me with a mental health problem such as depression or anxiety, I, like most doctors, will take a full and complete history. Now, this includes asking about a variety of different things. I'll assess their stress levels, I'll ask about the quality of the relationships in their life, any past experience of trauma. I'll also ask if they move their bodies regularly. But I'll also always make sure I've asked them about their food choices. This is something that I believe all doctors should do when they're speaking to patients who are struggling with their mental health. Yet the majority of doctors, unfortunately, still do not do this. And I think that's because we're still in the early stages of trying to get this information out there to the public and to healthcare professionals that the food we choose to eat can impact our mood. You'll remember that in Monday's episode, I shared this remarkable trial from 2017 when people with depression changed their diet and managed to dramatically improve their symptoms. Now, sometimes when we're feeling down or even when we're just a little bit too busy, we end up reaching for low-quality convenience foods like biscuits, crisps, and ready meals. I completely understand that. The problem is that if we do this too regularly, then these highly processed food-like products might give us a bit of comfort when they're in our mouths, but after time, once they're in our guts, they can cause all sorts of problems. And it's really easy to end up in a negative cycle of low moods which again leads to us eating even more highly processed foods, which leads to us feeling even worse, and so on and so on. I want to tell you about one of my patients who I saw a few years ago, 48-year-old lady. She'd had a traumatic motorway accident in her 20s, and that had left her with a lot of anxiety and panic attacks. She tried medication, she tried counsellors, but nothing was really helping. Now, when I first saw her, I could see that she developed a lot of coping mechanisms that centered around her food choices. When she'd feel bad and anxious, she'd gravitate towards sugary cereals, chewy lollies, biscuits, and sausage rolls. And I completely understand that. Now, I spent a bit of time talking to her, and it did turn out that as a youngster, she really did like to cook. So with the support of her family, I encouraged her to start cooking fresh every single day. Not complex, uh, speciality meals, just basic, you know, simple meals centered around whole food ingredients. Now, just six weeks later, her panic attacks had gone down by 70% just from changing her diet, which is really incredible, which really fits with what we see in the research. And I've seen this time and time again with so many of my patients. But here's another thing. Remember how I said right at the start that she didn't find the counselors that helpful initially? What was interesting, by changing her diet, by improving her mood and her panic attacks by up to 70%, she was in a much better state then to start engaging again with counsellors, and this actually led to even more improvements. As I said earlier this week, food is information. When you put in good quality food into your mouth, you give your body and your brain good quality information. But of course, the reverse is also true. Now, one thing you're going to be hearing about this week and also in future weeks of the podcast is something called inflammation. Inflammation, when it is in the right dose and for the right period of time, can be very, very helpful. It can be something that really helps to protect us. But unfortunately, these days, that many of us are in a state of what we call chronic inflammation, when essentially your body feels as though it's under attack all the time. And so it responds with inflammation coming from your immune system, which is really designed to help you 
But when it ends up being there day after day, it is at the heart of many serious complaints that I see in my surgery every day. Things like type 2 diabetes, high blood pressure, obesity, and depression. That's one of the main reasons why changing your diet to including mostly whole food and minimally processed ingredients can have such a dramatic impact, not just on your physical health, but also on your mental well-being as well. See, every time you eat something, you have an opportunity to feed your hard-working gut bugs, reassure your immune system, and tell your brain that you are safe. And the great thing is, it's not that complicated to achieve. In fact, it's all about keeping things simple. So one of the most helpful bits of advice I've given to my patients over the years is to have a look at food labels and only choose foods that contain less than five ingredients. Now, of course, real whole food like an avocado or a piece of fruit or a vegetable only really has one ingredient. In fact, they don't often have ingredient labels, do they? It's only these kind of foods that come in boxes and cardboard packets where you turn over, look at the label, and you see 10, 15 different ingredients. A lot of them, you don't even know what they are. Now, of course, this rule doesn't always hold true, but it's a really useful, simple way of looking in your cupboard, looking in your fridge, looking at those food labels, and you may be surprised by what you find. Whether it's cereal bars to sausages, so much of our daily diet contains additives, refined carbohydrates, and damaged fats. So give that a go. See if you can see how many foods in your house contain more than five ingredients. And over time, see if you can reduce that. I'm not talking about cooking a meal full of fresh ingredients with more than five ingredients. That is completely fine. You might cook uh, some vegetables, put some herbs on, some olive oil. You might add some other whole foods in. That's completely fine. I'm talking about foods that you buy that come in containers and cardboard packets that contain more than five ingredients. Typically, these are the foods that are going to be ultra-processed, and if you eat too many of them, they're going to start having a negative impact on your health. Instead of those, I want to focus more on what we would call real food, food that is close to its original form as possible, a bit like the Hadzadu. If you choose to eat meat, you want meat that looks like meat, or vegetables that look like vegetables. It might sound obvious, but you really will feel a lot better for it. Again, it's really important to have compassion with yourself as you try out these suggestions. I completely understand the temptation to have chocolate or crisps or biscuits when you're feeling down and you're feeling tired. And of course, you probably are going to do that from time to time. Ultimately, we create coping mechanisms for a reason, but that doesn't mean we can't change them either. At its core, everything you put into your mouth is a choice. And if you ever go off plan, be kind to yourself and try to understand why you made that choice in the first place. You might be happy with the decision. You might think that, you know what, it was my friend's birthday party and that was a great reason to eat some cake and that's completely fine. But whatever the reason, accept it and move on. Your next meal is a brand new choice and another opportunity to nourish your body with real foods. Don't forget also that it doesn't take long. Even just a few days of changing your diet to more real foods and less highly processed food will start to make a change with your gut microbiome. And that in turn will start to make a change with your moods. Good luck with any food changes you are trying to make this week. Be kind to yourself. And I'll see you back here for another episode of Built to Thrive tomorrow. <laughs>